welcome to The Recap. I'm part of Pastoring Out Loud, we're going to recap the previous week's sermon. This week was Ephesians 6, 1 through 9 on children, daddies, slaves, and slave owners, masters. Is it fair to say, Bruce, that all slave owners are the masters? Is that the implication? Lords according to the flesh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so is, does that mean that potentially this is this is random? I just thought about this. Potentially, <laughs> the masters being addressed there at the end are not the actual owners of the slaves, but just the ones given jurisdiction over them. Is that possible? Or you think I it's suppose it's possible, but I think it's probably referring, referring to, to the owners those that actually okay. owned okay. the slaves. Okay. So, uh, Bruce, you want to recap the sermon for us, and we'll uh, we'll chop it up. Talk about it a bit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Dissect it? No, I, I don't know. Well, it was a lot to pack into one sermon, I'll say that. It was a fair um, bit. I would have well, done two if I yeah, were dividing perhaps, it up, but yeah, I'm not. So <laughs> Perhaps uh, then, you know, what was the common theme? The, or, com- the common theme, I think, was um, centered around our response to authorities in our lives. That's how I would put it. And, and uh, you know, I think that's the common theme from 521 through 69. So kind of this general overarching principle is laid out in chapter 5 verse 21. And then which is call, submit yourselves to one another's. Right. That one to one another. Out one of reverence for Christ, I like you know, the original is fear of Christ. Right. <laughs> um we seem to want to avoid that word in modern translations, but I think that's a good word, the fear of Christ. Bruce Powers, he can so strike all, fear into the hearts <laughs> of hearers everywhere. So Christ is Lord over all in our lives, wants to be Lord of, wants to invade every area of our lives and be the Lord, same word as Paul uses of masters there in, the, in uh, mm-hmm. verses five through nine. Yep. So I think that's a deliberate... <laughs> Um, word choice there. So if Jesus is Lord over every area of our lives, then how do we respond to human authorities that God has placed over us? Whether that's uh, a more, like Dave pointed out the previous week, an authority of counsel, like a husband and a wife, or more of authority of command, like parents with children, slaves, masters with slaves. So, yeah, that's a good talking point. Would we put, and maybe by extension, employer-employee, counsel of, or authority of command? Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I hadn't really thought which category I would put that under. Maybe, maybe within the boundaries. I, I think of it like, could be. Yeah, maybe within the boundaries of what the job entails, right? Right, right. But not stepping outside of that. Uh, the enforcement power that an employer have would be to fire you if you're yep, not yep. doing mm-hmm. your yeah, job. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. Oh, good point. Um, good. So, I mean, I've got a couple of specific things that I want to bounce around on. Dave, you want to, like, uh, you know, anything about the sermon that was particularly striking or things you had questions about? Well, I'm a dad, so it was just a... Con- Hi, Dad. It was a convicting and encouraging uh, just reminder for me, you know, not to provoke. I think that, you know, as 
as those who have the authority, it's always good to be reminded how we're called to steward it. So, I mean, for me personally, that was probably the most impactful part, just praying through, am I, you know, not provoking my children? Um, Am I engaged? Am I going after their hearts? Um, That was really helpful. I think he gave a list of here are ways you could provoke your children. Um, And that was, I thought that was a helpful list just to give some examples that were pretty broad. So you could probably find yourself in one of them, you know, even if it wasn't that exact thing. Uh, So I thought that was really helpful. Um, I thought you did a good job uh, talking about, you know, why, why does it say fathers, you know, why is it, why is he, and again, I think just a good reminder for whether it's husbands or elders or bosses, you know, it's just the same principle of you're with this authority, now you're responsible. And so um, the authority is not something to be taken lightly or abused because you're going to be held accountable for how you use it. So yeah, I thought it was, I just thought it was really helpful um, that way for me. I was grateful. Yeah, I thought the, um, you know, the way that you addressed fathers actually in its own way. And I, I had to step out a couple times. Uh, so I, you may have made this connection. I just missed it. Um, but like the way that you were addressing fathers is actually like implicitly telling children mm-hmm. like the kind of parent that mm-hmm. they're to obey, mm-hmm. that they're to follow. So mm-hmm. it's a, a father, um, you know, that doesn't <clears throat> ask them to do wrong. I think you said something like mm-hmm. that or, yeah. or your manuscript. Uh, but a father that might do wrong to them. Like they might like do like just in like kind of common sinful ways like we're talking about uh, or you had addressed and talked about, you know, like this text doesn't talk about it, but other texts do about more abusive right. relationships, other things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So children um, obeying parents know, can't be wielded as a, a bludgeon, you know, to like, you must obey me mm. even while I'm directly sinning against you, doing wrong to you in this particular way. You know, mm-hmm. the obedience of a uh, command can appeal to a heart, but it can, it's really addressed towards behavior. It can mm-hmm. yeah. say like, child, I want your heart, but we've all had earthly fathers, Hebrews 12, that disciplined us for their own pleasure, according to that. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a, uh, and certainly other texts would address this, like a kind of thing that Paul's not really addressing that essentially says, I'm going to take the position of God over your life in the way that I'm going to not just bind your conscience by God's word or bind your conscience by my command to your outward behavior, but bind your conscience to feel the right things internally. And if you don't, there is uh, harsh consequences for you. I think that's outside the bounds largely of the authority of command. You know, one thing we tend to focus on in these passages, and maybe it's because in each of the three examples Paul gives, all out of the, out of a typical Roman household, Right. right? Mm-hmm. The husband, wife, parents, children, slaves, masters. An affluent Roman household would have had all three of those relationships going on within it. So he picks three really common relationships that uh, his readers would have yeah. understood and gotten. 
in Ephesus there. Yeah. And so we tend because he starts off in each case with the submissive party, the part the party that should submit to the authority. I think we tend to focus on that. Wives submit to husbands. We don't f- we don't focus on what good authority is and how it should be used. And that's why I try to give a definition there maybe one of the key things I would that I took away from my study as I was preparing it was that definition I came up with and again it's just mine it's not not anything great but godly leaders use authority for the blessing benefit and flourishing of those under their leadership so in other mm-hmm. other words they're serving others through their leadership by working for their good mm-hmm. and their flourishing and their growth so you're working for the good growth and discipleship of your children. And frankly, I think if masters of slaves had that attitude toward their slaves, they wouldn't be holding slaves for very right. long. Yeah, that goes <laughs> and to that's the, part of what probably led eventually to Christianity. Well, yeah, and then the I think that's the appeal that Paul slave. is making, right? In, so there's Colossians, which you helpfully yep. drew the parallels but if you read Philemon That's as right. an addendum yep. to yep. Colossians, here's like an instantiation, a particular instance of, here's how a master should treat a slave. Right. Like Philemon, like treat him like you would treat me. Whatever like he's done in running away from you and whatever loss you've had, like I'll pay for it. I'll cre- credit it to my account. You yep. know, put it, debit it to my account. Um, and so I think there's some helpful like, this is the direction of which Paul is thinking about in master slaves. And I think I is it the Didache or is it first Clement or somebody might even be, uh, when Pliny writes to the emperor, one of the early church documents we have, uh, well, Pliny's not a church document. He's just writing about Christians, but one of them talks about how when they gather on the first day of the week, these Christians, the, the masters and their slaves are counted as equals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like mm-hmm. they're counted as at the same level, which I, I think as I'm remembering it, I think it is Pliny, which is just like blows his mind. Like he's not, he's a pagan, right. you know, asking advice for the emperor. Like how should I prosecute these Christians that won't mm-hmm. like yield to imperial authority? Um, so he's, he's basically asking for advice. Like how do I torture them effectively? <laughs> to get them to reveal all their yeah. cells of, yeah. of disobedience uh, and other stuff. It's where, I think that's where he also like calls them atheists. That's where we get that understanding that Christians were, yep. were atheists. Um, I thought your comparison to the American slave trade was good, just to kind of like helpfully like say, that's not in this text, but that's our context, mm-hmm. to say like, uh, you know, the kind of ethnic chattel slavery um, that and certainly it was chattel slavery in in Roman times too, but there were different ways that you came into being that, and different ways that you could get out of that, uh, as opposed to like really very few, maybe one way you could get out of you know uh, slavery in America, which was your slave master just said you're out, like yeah. as opposed to mm-hmm. any other ramifications. Anything that you wanted to go, you said you packed a lot in. Anything you wanted to say that you didn't have time for or that you had to like just kind of briefly address if if you had had two sermons? I, I think you said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, how would, where would you have expanded or talked I would have liked to have spent, like I gave some, so the command to fathers like Dave just mentioned was, uh, was twofold. There's the command 
not to um, not to make them angry, but then also the positive command to bring them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. And I would have liked to, after giving a couple examples of how to provoke them to anger, <laughs> um, I would have liked to spend more time on on how to disciple your kids. Right, right. Um, so that if I had a separate sermon for that one, I would have spent a lot of more time on that, yeah. I guess. And then um, I think I think the the slave master pairing. Um, you know, I tried to I tried to use the employer-employee relationship in several examples. Um, I deliberately went light on that because I think that's a really common theme in that when any, when anybody's teaching or preaching on that passage. And I wanted to I wanted to plunge a little deeper into um, the fact that in a sense. We're all slaves of Christ, so we should all, whether whether we're a boss at work or a father at home, whether we're in a position of authority at the, at the human level, or whether we're under authority or both. And most of us, most of our lives, we're both, right? Um, in some spheres, we're we have authority, and in some spheres, we're under authority. So we need to learn both ends of this spectrum. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of how to respond to God, God-given authority, even if it's evil, like God puts mm-hmm. government over us. But sometimes those governments are evil, mm-hmm. like Nero in Rome. How mm-hmm. how do the how do the Christians respond to an evil leader in government? How do we res- how does this a Christian slave respond? Or in our case, how does a Christian employee respond to a dictatorial, right, right. abusive boss? How do mm-hmm. how does a Christian child respond to a, an abusive parent? Those those are areas that I just didn't have time to delve into. Right, so right. Yeah. Um, all of those I could have expanded on, but um, I, I think we we don't often look at the Im- the slave imagery of who we are in relation to God even though it's used many times in scripture. And I think our, our past horrific history as a nation with slavery makes us cringe at wanting to look at that too hard, but it is an image used frequently in scripture. So I wanted to camp a little more on that. I would have equalized those out a little more sure. if I had more time. Sure. Dave, anything else you'd add? No. Great. Bruce, thanks again for preaching next week. This upcoming Sunday is, uh, last sermon in Ephesians and then we're in Stephanie for Advent looking forward to all of it thanks again